Welcome back to another week, another episode of The Seventh Rotation. I apologize for not getting a full episode to you last week. I was swamped uh, with school and maybe a tad bit of procrastination, but that's fine because I'm human and shit happens. (laughs) But here we are. Uh, We're back again. I've also found that it might be, I don't like bi-weekly like I like weekly I don't I just prefer it however two matches is like not a lot sometimes there's not a lot of new information with two matches and I feel like with four if we do like two weeks or whatever there's just more to discuss um it took me almost two hours to compile all of my notes I was distracted for maybe 15 minutes of that trying to line up interviews for the next couple weeks and sending emails um but for the most part like an hour and a half to two hours just like digging through stats and like because here's the thing when I'm watching the matches I'll be like oh yeah I got to talk about that on the podcast but like very rarely do I ever take notes at that point in time and be like let me talk about this on the podcast it's just like a thing that happens in my head but doesn't actually go like on paper or in the notes app or anything like that. So I need to be better about that so that I don't have to dig for hours and hours. Um, Sometimes I'll also like see something on Twitter, like for example, Allie Hinsey passing the 1000 career digs mark, claps and snaps for you. Um, I put that in my notes for later for when I get to NDSU. But I remember seeing that on Twitter and being like, okay, I have to talk about this on the podcast. And that one for me, for some reason was easy to remember. But sometimes I'll see stuff like that and then I won't mention it because I did not write it down. So the lesson here, girlies and guys, is write it down. All right. So going to do things a little bit differently today. Typically, I start from the top of the standings and go down. I'm going to start from the bottom and go up. I'm doing this because I want to make sure that I talk about everyone. And I think that it's really easy to talk about everyone but give the teams at the top of the standings more time and more attention and I have already given Kansas City so much attention because we already had Christy Posey on and I also just love Kansas City I have family there like it's an easy it feels like home to me um so it's really easy for me to talk about them and they're also at the top of the league so it's really easy for me to talk about them but I want to make sure that I'm also talking about the teams that maybe at the bottom of the standings and maybe don't have the best records but still have a lot of good things going on so we're going to start from the bottom and work our way up today and we will see where that takes us. I have a lot of notes, holy buckets. I also have my Stanley in case I need to drink uber loads of water. Um, in class on Tuesday, we had to give a presentation, and which is fine. Like I taught public speaking, so I know how to do it, you know. Um, but at the same time, I hadn't spoken for 15 minutes without stopping since I taught public speaking. (laughs) So like, it's been a couple months since I've just gotten up and spoken that long, aside from the podcast where I can take breaks and take drinks of water or other things whenever I feel like it. Um, So the past couple days, my throat has been like not super happy with me because I was not super kind to it. Anyways, all right, let's start with ORU. Oral Roberts is 0-3. Here's the thing about ORU. I wonder if it would be easy if I just hold this. It might be so much easier for me to just hold this. We'll see. We'll go back and forth between holding it and between the stand. Um, Yeah. Anyways, here's the thing about ORU. There's a new head coach, which he's not the only new coach in the league, um, but he is a new head coach. 
ORU had the third highest roster turnover in the league. I think actually, I don't know how many they lost. I think SDSU lost six, five or six. So ORU probably seven, seven or eight that they lost. Also, Kaya Dunford going to Kansas City. How I haven't mentioned this or brought this up, I quite frankly have no idea. I knew that in the back of my head. Like, I knew that that was a thing that happened. And she's been absolutely going off in Kansas City, which is amazing for her. Um, but I just I forgot to mention that. It's not – in-conference transfers are becoming more prevalent in a lot of sports. Um, but it's happened a couple times in volleyball, like in the Big Ten, in the ACC – so I just I just wanted to note that if you didn't know, Kaya Dunford from Kansas City used to play at Oral Roberts. Um, all of these things, turnover, new coach, blah, 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 whatever. This does not mean that there's not a good product on the court. I think that it's really easy to look at a team like Oral Roberts or last year a team like Western Illinois and be like, hey, they're not very good. I don't think that's a fair assessment. This is still Division One volleyball. Still the Summit League, mind you, which we've seen crazy shit happen. Um, Trinity Freeman's been leading or near the top of the conference kills list practically all season, like including the non-con, most of the non-con. So I think that that's something she's someone to keep your eye on. Also, Oral Roberts may not be winning matches, but they are winning sets. Out of the 12 sets they've played, they've won four. So that's, what, 33%? Not great, but it's better than where they've been. Um, Last year, I think six out of their first 16 sets they won. So it's not considering the turnover. It's not like they're taking massive steps back to, you know, where they were last year or worse than where they were last year. And even if they're not taking massive steps forward, I think that they're in a good place. I think that what they've put on the court even if not winning matches, I think that winning those sets is a good accomplishment and I think it's a good place to start. So, I mean, you guys know me, I'm super positive anyway, most of the time, emphasis on most of the time. Um, but I don't think that we need to be like berating ORU or any of the teams at the bottom of the conference, to be honest with you. Um, ORU's best performance thus far this season was in that five set loss to North Dakota 21 kills and 12 digs for Trinity Freeman, 10 digs and five aces for Elena Larson, and 42 assists for Kalina Vaivai. Pretty good. Pretty good. Like, I again, the record does not reflect the product that's on the court. That's all I'm saying. And then my last note about ORU, which I've said before, I think it's just going to take time. I think that a lot of programs in other sports particularly, not so much in volleyball, but in other sports particularly, get impatient um, and they – just bring in new people. Like, for example, Coach O, LSU, okay? Regardless of anything else, any other scandalous things that went on during his tenure at LSU, I think that LSU got happy and obsessed with being at the top in when he couldn't, you know, give them that outcome again immediately, they were like, okay, bye. Kind of like the freaking Minnesota Vikings. I'm a huge Vikings fan. And I was just ranting about this the other day. And in general, I feel like any new coach, minimum of five years. I wish that was like a law or like a rule, like, like pending any outrageous things, scandalous things that could happen. I feel like you shouldn't be able to fire a coach that you just hired. 
give a coach five years, give them a recruiting class, give them time to show you what they can do, give them time to adjust to a new conference, adjust to being a head coach if they're a first year head coach. I just feel like time is an important factor in a lot of these situations. And I think that it's an important factor in the ORU situation. Give it time. I think you're going to see some different results. That's all I'm saying. Um, and also remember that this league is wild in terms of it being anybody's game all the time. And, oh, <laughs> the last thing I said, or I noted, hopefully the move to the maybe center will help. Nobody wants to play in an aerobic center. Like, I think that getting out of Cooper is one of the best things that could happen to ORU Volleyball. So I'm positive. I see good things. I hope that you, as a casual volleyball fan, will maybe be less casual and actually kind of be more focused and start seeing those things as well. Next, St. Thomas, also 0-3. The Tommies have lost nine straight sets in conference play. If you go back to actually the non-con in Illinois State, it's 12 straight sets, so that's not great. They've been swept four times in a row. That being said, the same thing that I said about ORU, I'm going to say about the Tommies. Um, in the last two sets with SDSU, so the second and third set, 23-25 and 24-26. Ella Vogel had 23 digs in that match. In the first and third sets with NDSU, 22-25 and 27-29, Ellie Gustafson, 11 kills and seven digs in that match. So again, another program that, where it's going to take time, but this is St. Thomas's like third year in Division I. Um, and also to step into, I know that the Summer League's a mid-major, blah, 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 whatever. I don't want to hear it. All that jazz, Right. To step into a league like the Summit League, though, where the volleyball has been on the rise and there's also a history of, like, dominant volleyball, I think this is really good for St. Thomas to even be taking teams to extra points in sets, I think is fantastic. It's massive. And I think that this is a team that's going to make some noise. Also, this team is so young. My notes, the word so, literally probably 14 O's I put. They are so so dang young 20 roster spots guess how many of them are upperclassmen being a junior or senior literally five 75 percent of st thomas's roster is freshmen or sophomores do with that what you will also i believe emma gerger is injured right now i believe that's what i heard on a broadcast so and she's also a sophomore i think but had a lot of minutes a lot of you know played a lot of sets last year um and i think that having to work around that injury so early in the year is just like another setback but again we all know i love tang fam like 21st season i think i should probably actually look it up so that i know what season it is for him and i can stop saying i think um but yeah i think he's in his 21st season so to be at st thomas for so long and then to transition with them to d1 I can't even imagine the amount of adversity faced um, and the amount of things that he's been through and seen as a coach. Um, and I just think that we're going to see good things. Moving on. South Dakota State, my beloved Jackrabbits. Um, they beat St. Thomas. I said as we discussed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because we talked about that match with SDSU. Okay, so they beat St. Thomas, like we just talked about. Um, Katie Van Egdom, 16 kills. Sylvie's Gaunt's. 14 digs, 10 kills. She's a freshman, by the way. I think that um, if we're looking at 
you know, the cycle of like graduating seniors and getting a new freshman, graduating fifth years, whatever, and getting a new freshman, I see some Crystal Burke and Sylvie's Gaunts, and I think that's phenomenal. So, um, SDSU had a five set loss to Kansas City, 21 kills for Sylvie's Gaunts in that set or in that match, excuse me. The only person who had more was Kansas City's Odyssey Warren. And we know from past years that Odyssey Warren is all beast mode all the time. Um, I think she had 26. So yeah, super, super amazing performance for Sylvie's Gaunts. Um, Katie Van Agdom, 20 kills and 18 digs. And Bregan Riley, 52 assists and 16 digs in that match. Someone that we haven't talked a lot about is Sydney Shatnan. Um, if you don't know who Sydney Shatnan is, she is from Sioux Falls, South Dakota native. She originally went to Louisville, was on the volleyball team and the basketball team. So dual sport athlete, D1, ACC, insane. Um, was on the volleyball team that appeared in the national championship game. Was also on the basketball team that made a final four run. So even, I don't know how much, like how many minutes she played, how much experience she has actually on the court in either sport. But I will say, even being in that environment and getting that experience and being on a team that practices and plays at that level is super important. And when we're talking about South Dakota State losing people like Crystal Burke, Sydney Andrews, whoever the heck else, they lost like five or six, um, those girls that are older and have that fifth and sixth year experience, I think that ACC experience, Power 5 experience is going to be super helpful um, to the Jacks. So I think it's so awesome that Sydney Shannon decided to transfer and come back home. Um, she's just a redshirt sophomore. So she's someone that can definitely bring new perspective and help close the gap with some of that turnover as well. Moving on to USD, the Yotes opened with two four set losses to Omaha and Kansas City, but then came back and swept Denver. Not only did they sweep Denver, that was a very dominant match. I was shocked because of the way that Denver had been playing I really I think I predicted five sets for that match I don't know who I predicted to win but I'm pretty sure I said it was going to go five and it did not it didn't need to um 25-17 25-14 25-17 the Yotes so congrats on a pretty dope win there I think that the that USC is finally showing um a little bit of that dominance and finally getting back to a little bit who they used to be um, Madison Harms, 10 kills and four blocks in that match. Bryn Palman, eight kills, seven blocks in that match. And Samantha Laird with eight kills. This is a name that we have not said yet. Samantha Laird is a freshman out of Omaha West Side. <laughs> I don't know how much you know about like Nebraska volleyball, Nebraska high school volleyball. Omaha West Side hadn't been to the state tournament in like 15 years, maybe 20. Um, and in I think 2021, Samantha Laird was part of that team that kind of helped them get back there. What a cool opportunity to revitalize Omaha West Side Volleyball and now get to come to USD when they're a little bit down, a little bit out, kind of trying to figure out who they are and help revitalize that program as well. I think that's crazy. That's it's so awesome. So this might be a bit of a wonky year for USD. Again, though, we're four matches into the season. So like even if it looks like teams are really good, really bad, whatever, like most of this is going to change. Most of this is subject to change. And I think that USC is on their way back up. Um, so yeah, North Dakota is two and two. UND is one of our interviews today. So I'm not going to talk 
too extremely much about them uh, because I want to let Coach Tupac do that. But I will just give you some of the highlights. So they were swept by DU, which that was the point where that match, honestly, was like one of the times where I was like, okay, Denver is going to come and rock everybody's shit. Like, they're so good. Um, They were swept by DU. Then UND had a five-set win over Oral Roberts that we mentioned previously, a five-set loss to Omaha, and then they swept St. Thomas. In that St. Thomas match, Marissa Stockman hit 800 and Casey O'Dell hit 760. I want you to just think about that for a minute. That's an insane statistic. I tweeted when I heard that after the match, I tweeted like, oh, that's video game-ish. Like, that's insane. And actually in the interview later, you'll hear Jesse Tupac also say, yeah, it was like a video game. And I was like, bro, I tweet, I know, I said that. Like, just crazy. Absolutely crazy. North Dakota State is also 2-2. Two and two. So keep in mind, how many ties do we have? We're tied at the bottom at 0-3. Then we're tied at 1-2. and two. So there's two teams 0-3, two teams 1-2, and two. two teams 2-2. Two and two. So here we go with the ties. This is already so reminiscent of last season. Um, North Dakota State is also 2-2, two and two, tied with their in-state rival. They have a 3-1 to one win over Oral Roberts. They were swept by Denver. They swept St. Thomas and then a five-set loss to Omaha. That seems to be a recurring theme, the five-set loss to Omaha thing. Um, that's happened twice, <laughs> for once for UND and once for NDSU. In that five-set loss to Omaha, Ali Hinsey had 15 kills, 15 digs, four blocks, three aces. Again, Allie Hinsey surpassed the 1,000 dig mark, so claps and snaps for you. You're amazing. We love you so much. In that match as well, Lauren Jansen and Alexis Bowling combined for 26 kills and then 48 assists for Kelly Johnson. North Dakota is a team that I think has all the tools. And for them to be successful, this is going to sound so cliche. You're going to be like, yeah, Madison, that's duh. But for them to be successful, it's just a matter of always putting all those tools together. But I also think that volleyball is a sport where, like, you really just don't know. It's just so back and forth. And it's really kind of like they say basketball is a game of runs. Volleyball is a little bit, too. It's really about preventing those runs. Um, And I think that NDSU, if they can prevent runs, I they're forced to be reckoned with. Um, Omaha is three and one. Oh, here's the other tie. Omaha and Denver are tied at three and one. So the only team that is alone in their place in the standings is Kansas City at the top. Everybody else is tied. Just throwing that out there. Um, Omaha is three and one, tied with NDSU. They've played four matches. Three of those were five sets, as mentioned. So they had a five-set loss to Kansas City. Sheila McCormick, Amanda Hart, and McKenna Rook combined for 41 kills in that match. It was insane psycho. I had no idea what was happening. Um, Just an absolute throwdown on both sides of the court that night. Erica Fava had 16 digs, and Olivia Curry had 25 assists and 10 digs. In the five-set win over NDSU, Amanda Hart again with 18 kills. But this time, Rachel Fairbanks decided to join in and had 13 kills. Um, and actually, Rachel Fairbanks had a double-double with 13 kills for, and 14 digs, and then also three aces that she decided to throw in there as well. Omaha has really turned it around. If you remember a couple weeks ago, I I don't like to say anything negative about anyone, um, but even in acknowledging the super tough non-conference that Omaha played, I was like, 
it doesn't look good. Like, I just really didn't think it looked good. I didn't feel like they were necessarily playing as a team all the time. I didn't feel like they were super cohesive. They've turned it around. We're good. They're fine. I'm not too worried about them. Um, Denver. Did I say Omaha was tied with NDSU? Yeah, I lost it for a minute. Don't believe that. That's not true. Omaha's tied with Denver. <laughs> Denver is also three and one. DU has won nine of 13 sets played in conference. They swept UND, as mentioned, swept NDSU, as mentioned, had a three to one win over the Jacks, and then got swept by USC. So I've been giving you stats for all of the other teams, right? 18 kills, 15 kills, whatever. Denver is not a team that's putting up video game numbers. They're kind of spreading it out. Like it's nine or 10 kills to Cotty Boyer, nine or 10 kills to Cassie Davis, nine or 10 to Molly Mirabelli. They're playing a lot more balanced. USD is kind of doing that as well. And I think part of that is not having Elizabeth Junkie on the court because she was someone that hit at a super high clip all the time. And now USD is kind of having to spread that out more. Um, but Denver's playing that way as well. They're not, it doesn't really feel like they've been as powerful or fast paced in terms of just hammering kill after kill or throwing down ball after ball, but they're still finding ways to play dominant volleyball. And I think that with a new head coach and so much turnover, that's incredibly impressive. And I also think it's super important um, the, the way that they're playing, the way that they're playing balanced. I would argue, and again, this is four matches into the season, so I could be spewing BS, but I would argue that the way that Denver is playing is the way that you kind of sustain where you're at. I feel like that's the way that you stay consistent. Um, but that's just me. I know that Denver did not have a great night against USD. I think that was probably an outlier. I don't know that we'll see Denver do that again. I suppose we'll have to wait and see. And if they do, you can tell me I was wrong. I really don't care. Um, because if you had opinions, you'd be on my show sharing them. That's all I'm saying. All right, Kansas City is 4-0, top of the conference. I can't say I'm surprised. In terms of years past, I would say I'm surprised. In terms of what we saw Kansas City do in the non-con, great. They're still they're still kicking it. Um, they had two five-set wins, one over Omaha, one over NDSU. They won three to one over USD and then swept Oral Roberts. Here's a super interesting stat for you. There is a Kansas City player in the top three spots of every stat like category on the stat sheet. For conference only stats, there's a Kansas City player in the top three in every category except for points. In points, Odyssey Warren is fifth. So we're talking hitting percentage, kills, aces, blocks, digs, assists. Every one of those categories, there's a Kansas City player top three or higher. Yeah, sit on that for a minute. Um, also, Leah Green, I hope I get this number right. I believe that Leah Green, um, three times in September, Three times on the season for sure, but I think three times in September was named the um, Ticket Smarter 
defensive peak player of the week, peak performer of the week um, for volleyball. I hope I got all those sponsorships right. They're not mine. I'm just repeating the Summit League sponsorships. Um, But yeah, anyways, three times, three times for sure in the season. I think three times in September. And then did just this week get announced as the September peak performer of the month. So claps and snaps for Leah Green as well. What Christy Posey has done with this program is impeccable. I can't wait to see where they go. I like reigning in my biases for a minute. I just love good volleyball and I love the Summit League. You all know that. I, however, would love to see Kansas City win the conference tournament. I really would. I would love to see them win. I would love to see them go up against a really tough opponent in the NCAA tournament and beat them or at least give them hell. Like, I just would love to see that. And I think that that's part of why I really deeply hope that eventually the Summit can be a two-bid league. I know that college athletics is a show right now. Um, But I would love to see the Summit get there because I feel like often enough the second-place team that doesn't win the conference tournament or even the third-place team could still put on a show in, in the NCAA tournament. So hopefully we'll get there. We'll see. All right. Certainly a lot of information to digest. We're going to let you think about all of that while we let you hear from a couple of our coaches. Um, First up is coach Megan Pendergast of Denver. So you'll get to hear our chat with her. You may have already heard that. We dropped that last week um, kind of on its own, but we will be including that in this episode as well in both the audio and video versions. And then after that, coach Jesse Tupac of North Dakota, you'll get to hear from him. Um, he was a little under the weather, but regardless, so much fun to talk to, um, super just, you know, into stats kind of like I am and loves to talk about that stuff with me. Um, and just gave great answers to questions and, and talked for a while. So that was super fun. Loved having him on the show as well. After that, we'll be back with your predictions for tonight's matches, not Saturdays, because I don't feel confident making Saturday predictions without knowing what happens tonight. So you'll get tonight's predictions on the pod. You'll get Saturday's predictions on Twitter on Saturday morning. Um, And then we'll send you on ye merry way to watch Summit League Volleyball. So we're going to drop in these coach interviews and we'll be back right after that. All right. Hello, listeners. We're so glad you're back. Um, For the first time ever, we have DU on the show. So Coach Pendergast, welcome and thank you for joining us. Thank you. Happy to be here. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that. My first question for you is really simple. You're a first year head coach with a plethora of notable coaching experience um, at other schools and other roles. You're in a new league. I just kind of want to know how's it going? How's the transition been? What are you excited about? (laughs) All that stuff. Yeah, no, it's been really good. Um, Fortunately for me, I have a really good group of student athletes and women on my team that were really bought in from the get-go and really enthusiastic for change. And so um, it's been really a smooth transition. Denver's been super supportive and been really enjoying getting to know the city and uh, getting to know the school and the program and everything. So it's been been really good. Awesome. I love to hear that. Um, From the perspective of having been at multiple levels at Tulsa, at Oklahoma, at UCLA, and now at Denver. What is kind of your experience with parity in volleyball as far as, you know, mid-majors and high-majors? 
Yeah, it's a good question. You know, I think volleyball is volleyball at the end of the day. Um, I think that, you know, being at a UCLA or, you know, Oklahoma, something like that, you tend to have um, more physical athletes in order to compete in those leagues. But, you know, I'm really, we have Big 12, we have Pac-12 athletes on this team as well, who have been, um, you know, either transferred in or, or, um, could be playing at that caliber. So it just kind of depends. I, at the end of the day, uh, system volleyball is system volleyball. And so, um, I think the parody definitely comes if it, if it does come into play, will come into the size factor and the, the general physicality at the net. But, um, I think you see across the country more and more mid-majors are, are causing havoc, um, in the rankings, causing havoc in the NCAA tournament. It's because they're playing really good volleyball. So that's what we're trying to do here at Denver as well as play really good system volleyball. Absolutely. Mid-majors wreaking havoc is my favorite thing on the planet. <laughs> <laughs> I love it so much. When, when Long Beach State beat, beat Texas a few weeks ago, that was amazing. I loved it. Yeah. Tyler's um, doing a nice job over there. He is. Yeah, absolutely. So, a common, I guess, conversation that has been happening, people in my DMs giving me questions to ask you, um, are talking about how DU has faced a lot of adversity. You had zero setters mm -hmm. returning. Lauren Poulter left big shoes to fill. Um, I think one middle returning or something like that. And Denver was one of the programs with more roster turnover than the rest of the league. How have you, but then, sorry, let me back up. Non-con looked a little shaky, but then you come out in league play last week. You're back in contention. You've shut all of us up. It looks like there were never any, you know, never any turnover or anything like that. How have you been able to kind of keep spirits up and then come out and play a lot more confident and consistent? Yeah. Um, well, I think it's just been like a relentless pursuit of, of what we want to do here. Um, I think the, again, we came in with a vision. We came with an idea of what we wanted to do volleyball wise. And the team has bought in, uh, I couldn't ask for more buy-in. Like they are, they are bought in. They they see the progress. They see the, they see the um, results as it's coming. And a big thing we keep talking about is we have to be patient with results, but not with the process. Um, and so for me, that's been a big thing. Is like, can I be patient with the process or patient with the results and not with the process? Can they and they follow suit? So um, we've definitely been doing that. Uh, a really nice job of that. In terms of coming in and facing some adversity, uh, yeah, there was definitely a lot to do. Um, I think Denver is an unbelievable school. It's an unbelievable athletic department, an unbelievable city, an awesome state. So when it came came across my came to my attention that uh, you know this was a, a possibility, it's still a no brainer for me in a lot of ways um, because I do think that this place could be really great. Um, you know the recruiting this summer was busy, um, but bringing in Briley Decker, bringing in Molly Marabelli and Emma Marabelli, and then Kate um, Perryman, two middles and outside and a setter. Plus we added Cassie Davis to the roster. Who's clearly making a name for herself left and right um, out there. And then um, yeah, only one middle on the roster. Caddy, Caddy Boyer. I don't know when this is going live, but she was offensive player of the week this week. So that's embargoed till tomorrow. I think it is until, but we're stoked for her. Um, and I think, but it, it, it's just, you know, Molly has been playing great too. And she's been an incomer in the middle. And so it's a, a testament to our setter, Briley, for getting them involved. It's a testament to our um, passing passers for getting uh, the ball to the setter so we can run middle. So 
Um, a lot of adversity, a lot of buy-in though. Just everyone who's come here has been all in, all gas. And so I couldn't couldn't ask for a better, better turnout in that sense. Um, I think because this team has faced so much, this program's faced so much adversity and so many ups and downs the last few years since COVID really, um, they're prepared for anything. Like, I don't think anything comes at them where they're not like, oh yeah, we can handle that. Like, oh yeah, that's fine. We can handle that. So um, I, that part of it has been really great. Um, and so for me, I've just been coming in and giving clear direction, uh, relentless, like this is where we're going. It's going to work. This is where we're going. This is where we're going. And they've done a great job getting on board with everything. So um, amazing leadership from people like Gianna um, Bartarlo and Ryan Wilkins and um, a lot of the returners, even Cassie Davis and Caddy Boyer, who've come in and, and made, uh, you know, immediate impacts. And so I'm, I'm really pleased with with the people on my roster. I can't ever say Gianna's last name, right? So I hope I nailed it. Sorry, G. It took me a really long time also. I just have been referring to her as Gianna. Yeah, but it was like... <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, as far as Caddy Ware being player of the week, yes, that is embargo yeah. until tomorrow. This will go live on Thursday. So you are safe. Okay, perfect. <laughs> <laughs> with dropping that. I, I also am glad you told me that. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to have I an absolute... As much. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I was going to have a cow if it wasn't Caddy Boyer. Um, because there's <laughs> just no way. So, she yeah, it. awesome. She super glad to hear that. Also, as far as you mentioned, um, being, you know, patient with the results, but not with the process, I that totally resonates with me. And I just want to say, as like a fan who's been watching the Colorado match, winning the first set, like immediately it was just like, okay, like here now we're starting to see, you know, and even if you, yeah. you know didn't win that match, then like kind of the end of the non-con and the beginning of league play, it's starting to look like it's coming together. So from a yeah, you know what I, I, yeah, you know, I think the thing that I keep, we keep talking, keep harping as a program too, is like, how good can we be? You know, we have to put opponents across the net to test where we are. Um, we have to hit the road. We have to go play harder and harder opponents, but it's really about how good can Denver volleyball be this year? How much in our system can we be? How confident and how much growth can we find within ourselves? Um, and then we're going to put people across the net to test that where we are, but we're, we're really dialed in on who we are. Um, you know, we're, we're writing this, this book, right. We're, we're writing our own story of Denver volleyball and in the era of our staff and with these girls and with the, the women on this roster. And so each day it's, we, we talk about that, like, Hey, this is another page, another chapter in our book. And, um, who do we, how do we want to be remembered? Um, you know, for a lot of these athletes, I want them really excited that they were here year one for, for my, my tenure here at Denver. But, um, so I, I want them really excited five, 10 years from now that they, they were got to be a part of it when this started. And so they've really bought into that idea and that just keeps building the confidence, keeps building the, the momentum and hopefully we can keep it going. We got two really, really, really hard opponents coming up this week. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you mentioned, you know, putting opponents across the net to kind of test where you're at. That's exactly where my next question is going. So overall yeah. in league stats, do you use eighth in opponent hitting percentage and ninth in opponent blocks? So what are you working on to kind of close that gap between what you're allowing defensively and what you're earning offensively? And also how much of that is just the hitting caliber of some of the teams that you played thus far? Yeah. Um, well, you know, our, I, I don't ex know the exact number, but I know our strength of schedule ended up being about mid thirties. Um, and so for, for the preseason. And so for us, we were 
you know, that was kind of a confidence booster for us that we played some legit opponents. Um, and we did, you know, Colorado's no joke. Um, Air Force, UCSB, UC San Diego, New Mexico State, all of the teams that we played um, in the preseason are, are going to make a name for themselves this year, I believe. And so um, as we continue to build momentum, continue to build um, and close the gap, um, we've been playing catch up all year. Um, and so we're going to continue to do so. Um, I think we're worried about one play at a time, one, one swing at a time, one touch at a time. And so we're not too worried about um, not too worried about these stats quite yet. We'll look at them. We want to look at them again at the end of the year to see, um, you know, see how we progress and can see how we continue to get better. I wasn't I was nervous about asking that question, but no, you're I good. Think, I don't know if you know. I don't know if you know Dosha Woods, um, the women's basketball you coach, but you can Woods ask her. She she came on my podcast last year and she said, I know you do research, so I'm going to get there before you do. And I was like, you're right. I do. I do <laughs> yeah, pull lots right. of stats. She's more, she's more prepared than I am. Oh, that's well, she's, she's dealt with me for a while. <laughs> um, <laughs> I do want to talk about Caddy Boyer. She's fifth in the league in hitting percentage, second in service aces. Um, I know we kind of, you kind of mentioned her, but just talk to me specifically about how she's been able to help your team offensively. You know, I think the biggest thing about Caddy that's in her game has taken a big leap this year is how much she's matured. Um, I've watched her since summer until now really come into her own and really work on not only how she communicates with her teammates, but how she wants to be a leader and how she prepares. Like Caddy's up in our offices watching extra video. She's putting in the time, she's putting in the effort in order to put herself in a position to truly perform night in and night out. So for me, I think, um, you know, Caddy is, is helping our team tremendously offensively. She's doing a lot of it off the court. Um, a lot of the work is getting done before she ever even puts on the Denver uniform, before she ever steps out on the court. She's putting in the time. She's putting in the work. She's conscious of how she talks to um, the athletes on our team. She's conscious how she is talking to the younger athletes on our team. So she's knowing, learning when to push, learning when to take ownership. She, so I'm really impressed with her maturity more than I am with anything thus far this year. Um, we've seen a lot of growth from her, even in the short amount of time we've been here. So um, I think Caddy is helping us a, a ton and a lot of it is happening off the court. Awesome. That's so great to hear. Um, yeah. all right. That's what I have for serious questions. So you can breathe a bit now. <laughs> it's all fun stuff from here on out. Um, okay. my, first, my first summit roulette question for you is what was the best food you had on a non-conference road trip this season? Oh, so we, we, we did a really cool thing where we stopped by my, um, I have some cousins that live in, in LA. So on our way back from Santa Barbara, we stopped, um, and we had dinner at their house and all of my friends from, you know, my friends from LA, since I'm coming from there and my family from, from out there all got to come and the team got to spend time with, with them. And they got to spend time, you know, asking questions and them teasing me and getting to know me a little bit better. And the food we had there was Greek. I don't exactly know where it was from. We catered it in, but it was delicious. Uh, could not ask for a better. So shout out Annabeth Goodman, my cousin, for for hosting that. She was amazing. Awesome. Um, what song, and be honest, what song is going to get you grooving in the locker room after a big win? If there's any oh, song gosh. The world, players could yeah, put on the speaker. We're rocking, we're rocking Doja Cat pretty recently. Um, I don't know if the uh, the one that says, you know, she's a rebel, she's a devil, all that one. We got that Save one the rocking in the locker room. 
Yeah. Paint the town red. There it is. We got that Paint one. Paint the town blue red. I love it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We got some, I'm not going to lie. We do have a few Swifties in the locker room as well, but they, they're, they're jamming out to more, more Doja Cat right now, I think in the locker room before the games. I love it. Um, what has been your favorite moment so far this season? Gosh, or I think a- there's been a lot of them. Yeah, there's been a lot of them. I think um, I think there's a lot of individual moments that have been really great. I think the locker room after our weekend, after our win this last weekend was really cool just for them to start to feel the momentum. Um, I will say there was a moment against North Dakota where we were up pretty big um, at one point, and that's a really nice team. That's a really good opponent, um, and they've done, you know, They've done a really, the Tupacs have done a really, really great job there, and they're going to continue to be a force. Um, but there was a moment where we were up by a, a good amount, uh, like kind of in the driver's seat for sure. Um, and then I'm going in the huddle, and it just looked like it was 14 all in the fifth. Like the dialed in, the focus, we've, we've been talking constantly about we play good volleyball, we have to do it for longer. Um, and so even though it like the score didn't even matter, it was like we were dialed in on what we were doing. We were focused in on how we were doing our jobs and following assignments and and continuing to improve. And so I think that was the the coolest moment for me so far was was a timeout where I thought for sure we were going to take a breath. And, and we did not. We did not take a breath. We were on it. We wanted to be the best Denver volleyball team we could be that night. And um that, so that so far has been a really, really cool moment for me um, as a coach is just to see the buy-in, see how locked in we were, see how how much we want this, how much we want to be great. So that was really cool. Awesome. I love that. Well, thank you so much. I'll throw your upcoming matches on the screen for those listening. Um, but I just I just appreciate, you know, you taking the time and you being here. And like I said, we Absolutely. weren't able to get Denver on the show last year. So I appreciate yeah. it. So thank you. Anytime. We're happy to help. We love love the Summit League. Awesome. Me too. (laughs) Awesome. (laughs) Well, thank you so much. Um, Those of you listening, Denver, it will be... We need more people like you to be doing this stuff like this. This is really great. Thank you. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um, For those of you listening slash watching, Denver will be at SDSU on Thursday and USD on Saturday, both of those on the Summit League Network. And we will be back after... All right, welcome back, Summit Volleyball fans. We're here with your second coach interview, so you're getting spoiled in this episode. Um, the man, the myth, the legend, not the rapper, Jesse Tupac, is back. Coach, thanks for joining us again for the second season. Yeah, thanks for having me. Absolutely. Um, Fighting Hawks are fourth in the Summit League standings, 5-11 and 11 overall, 2-2 two and two in the conference after a five-set win over ORU and a sweep of St. Thomas. Um, so we're just going to jump right in. Yeah. I want to start with the five-set win over Oral Roberts. The only category – that was a pretty even match. Um, the only like category on the stat sheet where you performed significantly higher was Diggs. Um, and I would like to talk about freshman Skylar Dar and her impact in the ORU match because she was the Diggs leader that day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Skylar has done a really nice job joining us this year. And uh, we've got <coughs> – Skylar, sorry. Um, I'm a little sick, but – uh, we've got Skyler playing for us in a really big role. Um, and then two other uh, freshmen are also playing for us. Teague and Timberley and uh, Lauren Perry Jean are also playing in pretty massive roles as well. And so uh, it's always fun to see young athletes come in 
and be able to perform right away at a really high level. And Skyler, Skyler's doing that. And it's not a surprise for us. Uh, she was an all-state libero out in California, uh, where she's from originally, and um, performed really well there for her club and her high school program. Um, but it's always nice to see her come in and, and feel really comfortable in that space next to her teammates and be able to perform in a really tough environment. Or Roberts has never been an easy place to play. Um, and now that we're in the maybe center, it's even bigger and <laughs> an even cooler experience. And so um, it was awesome to see her turn around and have a huge uh, defensive performance. And then uh, I'd also, we have to mention Maddie Lepetsky, uh, who was number two on the team in digs in that match. And Maddie was our starting middle last year. And she's made a, a, a position change. And now she's playing on the pin and playing in the back row. And she crushed it as well in that match. So I think it was 18 and 15 digs uh, for the two of them combined. And, and 14 for Lauren or somebody <laughs> was right behind them. Yeah. 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 So we're, we're definitely winning by committee now uh, defensively and offensively, but we've got a lot of different people that are able to play at a really high level at any given moment, which is awesome to see. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to jump to question number four. That's now going to be question number two, because you gave me a segue. Yeah. Um, but I mean, gosh, some of these names, Paige Barber, Tegan Timberley, Casey O'Dell, McAllister Gale in a new role. Like, what is it like to have so many new faces and even some old faces kind of just stepping up and winning by committee so early in the season? Yeah. <clears throat> you know, for us, it's uh, we talk about this a lot within our program, but uh, 11 of our 18 players this year are 19 or younger. Um, so we've got we've got a lot of freshmen, but we've also got our large freshman class from last year that are now sophomores that are all playing some pretty big roles. And so whether it's Paige, who was an all freshman team player last year, uh, who's now massively increased her performance. Um, she actually had, I think the stat was that she had almost the same number of kills in the four weeks of non-conference this year that she had in the entire season last year, uh, which is pretty crazy to think about. But Paige has stepped up really big in those roles. And then obviously all of our freshmen with Lori and Tegan and Skyler are stepping up big in those moments. Uh, and then even our, even our upperclassmen, some of our older players are playing in different positions. So Maddie Lepetsky made this position, uh, the change to a, a pin. McAllister, who's traditionally been on the right side for us, is now playing on the left and passing and serve receive, which is really huge. And then uh, we've got Casey O'Dell, who's a transfer from Montana State, um, that's coming in and making a huge impact and had an awesome match against St. Thomas, going 11 for 14 with no errors. Um, that's pretty crazy as well. But, um, you know, I think that's a credit to who they are as people and their ability to step in and be really good right away. Um, but I think it's also a credit and a shout out to our returning athletes for creating an environment that people feel welcome, that they're able to come in and genuinely be themselves and go out and play freely um, in situations that wouldn't be easy. It's not easy to come in and be great year one as a college freshman or to come in as a transfer and to have an immediate impact the way that Casey's having. And so a credit to the athletes that came in, but also credit to the athletes that were already here for making them feel welcome and help, helping them climatize to the things that we're doing both on the court and off the court. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that note about what is it? 11 of your players are 19 or younger. Yeah. I had heard that, um, the announcers during the Dayton match didn't know much, but they did know that. <laughs> and that's where I first heard it. And I was like, really? Like, that's quite interesting. Um, and I mean, having an opportunity to play a ranked team, first of all, I thought was pretty dope. And, it, you know, regardless of the box score, like lots of good things in that match as well, um, just to throw that out there. But that's where I would first heard that. And I was like, okay, yeah, good to know. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's exciting for this team to know 
I think we're doing some pretty good stuff right now. And I think we're doing some really nice things collectively as a unit, but also to know this, this group is going to be together for a while. And so to see their growth from day to day and week to week this year has been really exciting, but also to know, yeah, we're going to be together for the next couple of years. And so we're going to just continue to grow in that space as a unit. Absolutely. Um, you're just great with the segues. You know where I'm going every single time. So speaking of your group being together for a couple of years, someone who finally is going to be leaving. Um, I say that in the best way is Marissa Stockman. She's a sixth year. Talk a little bit, a little bit about her kind of unique leadership role this season and getting to mentor all those younger players as she, you know, kind of leaves the program in new hands. Yeah. Yeah. So Marissa, um, who's just a phenomenal human being, um, which if you ever get a chance to talk to her, she's, she's the best. <laughs> but uh, Marissa has had a really unique path through her collegiate experience. So she actually started her freshman year was at Illinois State, uh, and then she transferred to Florida State. Uh, and then when she graduated from Florida State, she transferred here to North Dakota. So she's in year six of college volleyball, but she's also in program three. Um, and she's worked with a lot of different coaches and a lot of different teammates. And so that gives her a really unique perspective where she's able to say, hey, I know what it's like at other places. <laughs> I know what it's like with other teams and with other collections of individuals. And so um, to be able to share those perspectives and share that lens with some of our younger athletes that don't know any better, you know, they've never been anywhere else, or maybe this is their very first collegiate experience. Um, it adds some weight to her words um, where when she says something, people listen. Um, now it also helps that she's able to do it on the court as well. Like, like you mentioned, she hit 800 against St. Thomas. She hit 400 against Omaha. She hit 600 on the weekend. Um, so she's able to come in and not only say the right things, but to live it and to model it every single day. And so when you have somebody that's able to do both of those, um, it really adds some credence to what they're saying and how they're saying it. Yeah, absolutely. Um, let's talk about the Omaha match. So yeah. another five set match, unfortunately a loss this time. You performed higher in every category except for, I'm sure you know, at the net. Um, getting out blocked. Do you think that that match was winnable? And what was the message kind of after that match to the team? Yeah, yeah. I, you know, I think one, you look at the conference this year, and I think everybody's really good. Um, and so there's no team that's going to be a cakewalk. Um, but I also don't think that there's a team that is head and shoulders above everybody else. And so what that's going to lead to is just suddenly conference chaos. <laughs> there's going to be craziness going on. My favorite week. thing. <laughs> Uh, it's awesome. I mean, like, it's not good for me or for my heart or anything like that. But as a fan, it's like really exciting to see. I don't know who's going to win any match. Um, and so, uh, whether it's getting the win against Oral Roberts on the road or losing that tight five set match against Omaha, like all of those things are going to have postseason implications. So we get closer and closer to the Summer League tournament. Uh, now, for that match individually, you know, for us, um, obviously, I've only been here for two years, but we've been in the Summit League as a program for five years, uh, six years now. Um, and that was the first time since joining the Summit League that North Dakota's gone five with Omaha. Uh, and so that alone was a really nice marker of progress for us is what we're trying to do and how we're trying to do it and, and recognizing that we've made some progress in that space and that we're getting a lot closer to playing teams, just like when we went five with South Dakota last year and South Dakota won the conference. Um, I don't know if when I arrived, if this program was in a place where they're like, we're going to go and go to five sets with teams that are winning the conference or in a position to do so. Um, and to feel like we have opportunities to win those matches. Um, so was it winnable? For sure. Um, I think there are moments in the fourth set and moments in the fifth set that we could have capitalized on. It's kind of how volleyball goes when you go to a fifth set and you never really know how it's going to turn out. It's kind of a toss of the coin at that point. Um, and 
when you're tied at 13, 13 instead of five, you, you feel like you're in a really good place. Um, but again, as young as we are, I think that's just further confirmation for our group that, Hey, we are in these battles with teams that are really, really good. And we feel like we can play with them every step of the way. And so as we get more experience and as we get more confident with our skills and, and our camaraderie, then it's just going to put us in places where like we have the belief to be able to go out and perform at that level and compete against anybody in this conference. Yeah, absolutely. And I, you may have just answered this, but I'm going to ask it anyway. Um, your next two matches coming up are Kansas City, who is a force to be reckoned with right now. I've never seen them better than they are right now. Um, and also South Dakota, who may have had some turnover, but is historically in the conference a good team. So those are probably two of the tougher matches. What are you kind of working on and how are you keeping the mindsets you know, positive as you head into the tougher part of your schedule? Following yeah. up with Omaha again after that, too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's South Dakota, then it's Kansas City, then it's Omaha. Um, so we've definitely got three pretty gnarly battles ahead of us. Uh, and I think number one is just a credit and a shout out to, to Leanne and to Christy and to Matt for what they're doing with their programs. Um, Leanne has turned South Dakota into this force um, and have been really, really good over the last five years. Um, now, there is what does South Dakota look like without Elizabeth Junkie? Um, you know, she's been such a mainstay for them for the last four years that I think they're also trying to figure out who they are and, and what their offense looks like without Elizabeth and what their service receive and their defense looks like without her. Um, but you can't deny, like, they won all those conference championships and Elizabeth wasn't the only person on the court, right? And, uh, you know, I know um, uh, Elizabeth had a, a pretty gnarly injury against Houston last year um, in the NCAA tournament. But that was in the middle of the fourth set. And then they won that fourth set and they went five with Houston as well. And so almost won the, yes, exactly. Right. So it's not like South Dakota was only Elizabeth Junkie. They've had a lot of phenomenal players on that team. And, and Harms and Powman are two really good examples of that. Um, you know, their their freshman opposite lotions coming in and, and she's doing some really nice things for them as well. And so knowing that when you play South Dakota, it's always going to be a defensive battle. <laughs> it's going to take multiple swings to end a rally. Um, and that we're going to have to be really sharp about how we do what we do on both sides of the ball. And then you look at Kansas city and, and man, they are firing on all cylinders. Um, their offense is fast and they're doing a lot of really complicated things that can get you really caught up at the net with your block. Uh, they've, they've always done that. Uh, they did that last year as well, but this year it seems like their, their hitters are just in the right place at the right time more and more frequently, more consistently. And so they're going to be a handful to deal with. Um, so, uh, and then of course we play Omaha who we just went by with <laughs> like literally six days ago. Uh, and so, right. For us, it's can we stay focused on us and the things that we want to do and the way that we want to do them. And um, obviously, uh, there's a lot of volleyball stuff to that, but then there's a lot of like non-volleyball stuff as well. Like, how do we communicate with each other? How well do we stay together in really tough moments? When you go to a fifth set and your heart's pounding and your palms are sweaty, do we look each other in the eye and feel like we've got each other's backs in those moments as well? And I think when you're focused on the moment that you're in and you're focused on your process and how you're doing it, it allows you the space to be so dialed in with that that you don't get caught up on the future or what's going to happen later. Um, whether that's later in the set, later in the match, later in the week or later in the month, none of that stuff matters. What matters is right now. And are we winning this moment right now and winning today? Absolutely. That's a great insight. Um, something that just hit me, we've talked about, you know, all these players on your roster, Paige, Tegan, whoever, Marissa. Um, I haven't even said Elizabeth Norris's name yet. <laughs> Like, so if we're talking about winning by committee, like, how do we not, I don't want anyone to come for me for not mentioning Elizabeth Norris. Um, I don't know if you've seen what's happening on Twitter, but whoever runs your Twitter account, I don't know if that's under lock and key, but I would like to know off the record later when we're not recording. Um, I tweeted something. I tweeted her Elizabeth's um, like picture from the roster 
And I was yeah. like, hey, Siri, what's the definition of excellence? Siri drops, drops Elizabeth's picture, right? Yeah. And your your Twitter account, the UND Twitter account. Oh, Siri just heard me say that. That's so funny. Um, but whoever was running the Twitter account, like, tweeted back at me. And I was like, oh, we heard she could rap, you know, because last year you told us that, that yeah. she could rap. And um, they said, well, I don't know about that. But if you want a list of her enemies, check the extinct species list. <laughs> Like whoever's running this Twitter account is absolutely yeah. slaying the day. It's so yeah. funny to me. We've really upgraded our social media this year for sure. I don't have social media, so I don't really see any of that kind of stuff. But uh, I, I hear. I, know, I was looking to tag you and I couldn't find you. It says like he must not. But all Kristen has been interacting with me on social media, so I will make sure that she passes the information on to you. All right, we're going to move into more of the fun questions. So speaking of, I think I know the answer to this, but your first summit roulette question is: Who's the funniest person on the coaching staff? Man, obviously it's me, but I think I'm the only person that believes that. Uh, I do get a lot of courtesy laughs from from Kyle, one of our assistant coaches. Uh, but to be honest, like Kristen and Joe, uh, they're able to go back and forth with each other really well. And they've got a really cool rapport. Um, if it's a question of who gets the most laughs from the team, it's it's definitely Joe. Joe's the funniest. All right. Good to know. Um, Kristen had sent me a question when I had Emily or not Emily. Um she did send me a question for Emily Eamon, but when I had Matt Buttermore on, she DM'd me and said, ask him if he considered a sky ball for first serve at yeah. Nebraska. Like just the, I just, I laughed out loud. I was like, oh my God, this is great. Yeah. Um, what song is going to get you grooving in the locker room after a big win? Ooh, man. Um, the team loves the all I do is win song for their, okay. their match locker room celebration. Um, but I think any, any hip hop with a good beat, I think we're going to be pretty excited. I mean, like 90s hip hop, like what are we? Yeah, you know, they call that old school now, which I get really offended by because I was in high school when all that stuff came out. But I guess it's I guess it's old school. Old school. Rap, OK, old school good to know. Good to know. Um, What is the funniest or a funny moment that happened in practice this season? <laughs> uh, you know, Joe, uh, our assistant, Joe Davidson, uh, somehow Joe gets hit by a ball five times a day in practice. And it doesn't matter where he is. He could be 20 feet off the court, but somehow a ball is going to rattle off a platform and it's going to find him. And it's probably going to hit him in a way that he falls down. It happens. Like we literally have a staff group text where we're texting each other all the time. Like here's where Joe got hit today. And I don't even see him in the moment, but somehow it gets picked up on film and it always ends up in the group chat. And so I think that's pretty hilarious. Do we think, is that part of him getting laughs? Like, do we think he's faking falling down? It's not a lot of slapstick. No, his laughs are usually these like really dry, like under the breath type of type of humor, but then he gets blown up by balls all the time. So that's great. Blown up. I love it. Um, all right. A tad bit sappy because you know me. What's been your best or favorite moment thus far? Yeah, man. Really good question. Um, you know, I think for me, it's just those moments between the athletes where you can see that there's just a genuine care and connection between them. Um, and so I don't know if there's any particular moment that really stands out, but um, for better or worse, like there has been some adversity that's that's faced our team in a totally non-volatile way, like just like life stuff happens um, with some of our athletes this year. And in those moments, when you get to see and turn and look at somebody who's 24 wrapping their arm around somebody who's 17 years old and be like, Hey, I, I love you. And I'm with you and I care for you. And like, whatever you need, I got you, you know? And so like moments like that, and it's not always based in adversity, right? Sometimes it's just going to ice cream and, you know, people giving each other a hard time and, and joking and laughing, but 
seeing the like the true connection and the authentic connection that happens between our athletes is really awesome to see. And so as someone who feels like I'm in charge of kind of creating a culture in our, in our program of like the way that we want to treat each other. It's just, uh, it's really hard to see the way that people treat each other here. Absolutely. Um, well, thanks so much for being here. I'll throw your upcoming matches on the screen. You've got USD on Thursday um, at home in the Betty and then on the road next Thursday, are you at Kansas city or South Dakota first? I think I touched um, that up. We are home against South Dakota this Thursday. And then we are at Kansas city next Thursday. And then we are at Omaha. And then at Omaha. Okay. I did it right. The one match week when I was looking at the schedule, it screwed me up a little bit, <laughs> um, but that's there, listeners. Just read it. I'm not going to, I'm not going to say it cause I will screw it up. Um, but thanks, you know, for, for joining us again. We appreciate it. I appreciate the enthusiasm and the, the laughs and all the stuff. So thank you. No, thanks for everything you do. I think it's so awesome um, that you're promoting Summer League and promoting volleyball. And it's a great platform for our athletes to be able to share who they are and, and what they do. And so, yeah, thanks for everything you do. Thank you. Appreciate it. All right. We will um, chat with you later. Listeners will be back right after this. Welcome back. I hope that you enjoyed um, those interviews. It was so great to have Megan Pendergast on. Um, for the first time as she's a first year head coach. And also that's the first time that we've had Denver on the show ever. Um, so that was awesome. Just kind of new insight to get to talk to a new team. And then of course, to have coach Chiapak on, um, he's the greatest, really love having him on the show. He's so much fun. The UND Twitter account is absolutely killing it this year. Um, so if you, you know, are checking Twitter, checking our page to keep up with what's going on and for updates, see if we've had any interactions with the UND volleyball Twitter account. They're fire. It's pretty great. Um, all right, let's look at what is happening tonight. North Dakota state will be at South Dakota state at 7 PM, um, in Brookings summit league network for that. ORU at Omaha 7 PM, um, summit league network for that USD at North Dakota 7 PM. Midco and the Summit League Network for that one. And then Denver at St. Thomas, 7 p.m. Summit League Network. Okay, let's go through these. Um, NDSU at SDSU. I really don't know. I think that this might be one of the more evenly matched matches, matchups that we see, um, at least this far in the season. North Dakota State, I think, is second in opponent hitting percentage. Yeah. Um, and South Dakota State is third in hitting percentage and offensive hitting percentage. Um, so I think that this this will be a pretty even matchup. Then again, I can say that and we'll never know. I think that if South Dakota is on top of their game um, or is South Dakota State, oh, my God, don't kill me. I'm so sorry. Um, if South Dakota State's on top of their game, I could see them getting out of there with like a three to two win. I know that five sets is such a cop out. I just, I don't see SDSU getting out of there three to one. I don't. I think that North Dakota state is better than that. Um, so I think that if SDSU is going to win, it's going to be five sets and it'll be a battle. But I do think that even if this is a, a sweep one way or the other, I don't think we're going to see like a 25 15 or something like that. Like, I think it's going to be closer than that. ORU at Omaha, I think Omaha gets out of there in three, maybe four, maybe a three to one. Um, 
there are a lot of good things coming out of ORU and out of Tulsa. And like I said, I think that they have a really good product on the court. But I think that Omaha was so down for so long playing such a tough non-conference schedule. And now we've seen them come back and battle. They've played three five-set matches. So they're certainly not going away easy. Um, so I think that Omaha gets out of there three to nothing, maybe three to one. USD at North Dakota. Couldn't tell you. I don't have a damn clue what's going to happen in that match. Um, I would like to see North Dakota win that for morale's sake. They've played some really, really tough battles with those five setters already. At the same time, on the other hand, I would like to see South Dakota win that for morale's sake. Um, So I don't know. I really don't know what's going to happen. I think that that is probably the match that I'm most excited to watch, I would say, is USD and UND. Um, However, Denver and St. Thomas, the way that Denver played on Saturday in Berm was not great. And St. Thomas has a lot of good things on the court. So I think Denver probably gets out of St. Paul with a win. However, I think that St. Thomas maybe wins their first set of the conference season against Denver. So that's what I have for you. Those are my opinions. Um, Whether that means anything to you, I don't know. As you've seen, some of the matches um, have made me look like Boo Boo the Fool. Um, So... I don't know. We'll see what happens. I'm super stoked. I'm super excited. I hope that you guys are enjoying the new format and the coach interviews. I think it's fun to see their faces and see their, you know, their reactions to some of the things that I ask them or some of the things that I might say. Um, I think it's just more personal for you guys as well as listeners and viewers um, to be able to see them. If you are not viewing the YouTube videos, but are listening to the audio versions on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your pods, Still want to throw a shout out to you. Super appreciate you. This is like when coaches come on here, especially someone like Christy Posey, who I idolize and admire, um, or even Emily Eamon from Big Ten. When people like that come on my dinky little summer league podcast and like thank me for what I'm doing, that's super cool. I, I'm not good at taking compliments. Love to hear them, but I'm not good at taking them. Um, and I definitely like get emotional about that stuff. So you don't see me tearing up right now, but I just think it's super dope that people like care. So if you're listening, if you're watching, even if you think I'm full of shit most of the time, thank you for like caring or at least pretending to care because it gives me a reason to keep doing this. You know, I do this for the league and for the the student athletes and the coaches. I want them to kind of get the attention that I think they deserve, but I also do this for me. Um, it's a good outlet for me. It gives me a break from PhD school, whatever else I'm doing. Um, and it's fun. Like, I get to talk about the Summit League. And I feel like that's the point of a podcast. The things that nobody in your life cares about. Like, you get to get a fancy microphone and a laptop and, like, scream into the void about the things that you're so passionate about. So that's why I'm here, if you didn't know that. If you did know that, I will get off my soapbox. I'm sorry. Um, one last thing before I forget. If you see, I'm wearing my little Her Turn hat. Um, I don't have, when I transferred laptops, I didn't transfer my audio, like, recording, my little bit about Her Turn. So I'll have to re-record that. But since I don't have that right now, 
want to point it out to you if you don't know what her turn is um her turn is an organization started by former jackrabbit basketball player maya selland and current jackrabbit basketball player tori nelson um and they started this to give girls in the brookings area their turn their chance you know opportunities for women in sports are much less than they are for men we know that we have known that and this is something that they started to provide scholarships to jackrabbit athletic camps um for those girls. And so they, they now are starting to do her turn ambassadors. So uh, Mesa Shireman from Jackrabbit Volleyball is one. Callie Tyson from Jackrabbit Basketball is one. Um, I believe Maya Hansen from the soccer team is one. And I think there's one more um, from a different sport. But just if you feel so compelled, keep that in mind. Um, this is something that you can donate to, something that you can support. Um, if you look up her turn SD, you can find them online. You can go through the Brookings Foundation as well. Um, and you can find them on all the socials at Her Turn SD. So just something that is close to my heart um, for several reasons. One, growing up in the Letcher area, not necessarily with Maya, but around Maya. Um, I just think she's a great person. Tori Nelson's also super dope too. Love her. Um, and, and also just the passion for women's sports and giving an opportunity. You know, it is pretty small right now in the Brookings area, but hopefully something that they can expand in the future. So if you have a passion for women's sports and you want to help girls um, in South Dakota get experience and opportunities, Her Turn is a place to go. I will try to wear this off and on um, to, to remind you and just put that out there. Um, also, I just, I took my braids out and my hair is in that short, awkward phase right now. So I will be wearing lots of hats. <laughs> Stay tuned for like a little Texas hat or something next episode. I'm not sure. Maybe a DeKalb hat. I'm not sure what I will debut for you. Um, but yeah, that's my spiel. That's what I have for you. Please go watch volleyball tonight. Please support the Summit League. Stand the Summit. All the things you already know. I will see you next week. Mm -hmm.